Nathan. 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 Hello. He's not here. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I've got to do it by myself this week, don't I? Oh, this is going to be awful. Well, roll the intro music. Nathan's gay. Nathan's big gay boy. No action. Nathan's gay boy. Yep. That's right. It's uh, it's the Aroa Entertainment Podcast this week. Um, I don't remember what episode it is. Twenty four. I think so. Oh well, doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, I'm doing it solo this week. Nathan's doing something, something involving meeting internet celebrities or some shit i don't i don't even remember who it was that he said uh i don't really i don't really do the whole internet celeb thing don't don't really care uh i haven't watched that guy with the glasses in in years so uh i guess you usually start out by saying what we're uh, what we're playing recently uh yesterday I played 13-hour workday, so that was fun. Uh, my legs still hurt from doing a whole lot of wiring. I ran approximately 500 feet of coax cable yesterday over the course of 13 hours, and it was miserable. So, Otherwise, uh, a lot of rock band because I love music games. And I would love to see that genre have a resurgence. But that's another story. Anyway, getting over the uh, boring intro shit, let's get into stuff that actually matters. So the big thing that uh, I want to talk about here is that apparently Nintendo is already distributing an SDK for the uh, for the Nintendo NX uh, we don't have actual dev kits, apparently. Well, not we, but they. Um, yeah, we, we don't know yet what the NX is actually going to be. Um, we just know that there is an, X, um, an SDK, which stands for Software Development Kit, being distributed to publishers and developers. Uh, typically, whenever stuff like the SDK and the actual uh, dev unit uh, starts getting sent out that means that we're going to see the console usually within a year of that happening and uh, this is the Wall Street Journal reporting that uh, they, they have their sources it doesn't give anything specific but it says that the device will consist of a base unit and at least some other kind of portable unit. Uh, it doesn't really, it doesn't necessarily say directly that it's what a lot of people have been suggesting that it's going to be. Because what a lot of uh, you know gaming 
journalism, in quotes, uh, sites have been saying is that the NX is rumored to be a base unit, uh, all of the Wii U, but the tablet device or whatever, it just for the sake of describing it, the tablet device will be its own standalone unit, essentially. Uh, the idea is that the next generation of Nintendo unit will be more than just a console. It will also be the portable device. Now, this kind of goes against kind of what Nintendo described the NX being. Because uh, in the videos that I've seen Nintendo talking about the NX, uh, for example, that last one before uh, Iwata died, uh, they were talking about the NX very shortly, obviously, because they don't they don't want to get anybody to think that, well, we better wait on the NX and not get the Wii U, obviously. But whenever they were talking about it, it seemed more like a, a conceptual design. Like, it's not, not going to just be hardware. This is more of a, more of an idea for them creating their own Nintendo ecosystem, wherein you'll have the powerful portable, or a powerful home console, and then also a portable device and then you'll also have the range of applications and whatnot for mobile devices. Like, this isn't necessarily what they have planned for their next set of games, like their next game device, but rather their plan for where to take Nintendo as a company so that they can evolve and move forward with the way that the rest of gaming is. Because you look at what the Wii U is, and even the 3DS they were trying to play with the idea of using the console as more than what it is. Uh, with the 3DS, they really didn't push the whole multimedia thing at first, but they allowed for applications, essentially, uh, to be put, even on the DSi. Um, DSiWare, a lot of what was downloadable for that platform was actually more of a almost smartphone app uh, type things, uh, particularly, uh, what's it called? Uh, something bits something. It was uh, the most prominent thing I saw was it, with it was it, it was a it was a sequencer, like a music sequencer application. And basically you could make music with your with your DSI. I think it was a DSi app. It started out as one, and then they added. Uh, it was, was it Ritmix? It's like Ritmix uh, Retro Bits. I think was the 3DS one, and you could essentially, you know, use it as a as a small, very basic FL Studio type thing, or, or however you want to refer to it. But it was Nintendo going. Maybe we can use our our hardware for things other than just games which is something unusual for Nintendo to do, considering, uh, you know, with, with the GameCube generation, they went with that mini CD or whatever uh, format, no, it was mini DVD format, so you literally couldn't, even if you wanted to, even play a CD. 
in the uh, GameCube. And then with the Wii, they still outright refused to even allow DVDs to be played, or CDs, I guess, uh, to be played on the device. Although they did have this weird, like, I don't think it was an official partnership, but it was uh, sort of like an endorsement with the uh, beginnings of Pandora. And this is a long while ago. Uh, Pandora actually would run on the Wii. Uh, There was a web version of Pandora that was made explicitly for the Wii so that it would it would work within the Wii's opera browser which that was another thing was with the uh the Wii it had a web browser and the PS3 had a web browser but it was like this weird i guess proprietary um web browser and the 360 never got one at all i don't think or it well it did like a couple of years before the one came out, I think. I think they put a shitty Internet Explorer. Yeah, they did. But the Wii was was ahead of everybody else with having a web browser on it. And when, I'm I'm kind of rambling here because I don't have Nathan here to bring me back. But basically, uh, what I'm saying is, I think people are expecting Nintendo to basically put out a new generation of of console that'll just kind of smash the wii u away and we'll just brush that under the rug kind of thing uh which by the way undoubtedly wii u uh software will be 100 percent compatible with the nx if if there is a console which it appears to be um everything will work with the nx undoubtedly more than likely this new base station unit that is rumored to be part of the whole nx thing will be basically a souped up wii u um, which also on the topic of that, they are talking about in this article that the NX has industry leading hardware. Uh, this is Nintendo going back to the GameCube again, where they were actually a competitor. Uh, most people don't know that the GameCube in fact, uh, was the most powerful, uh, device of that generation. Um, it was technically better hardware than even the original Xbox, that, which uh, I think universally was touted as the most powerful game console of its time. But in fact, the GameCube was. Uh, funnily enough, the PS2 was the uh, was the weakest of the generation. Not to say it was a weak console by any means. It was nothing like the the gap between the Wii. And the 360, or or even the Wii U, and the the one and the PS4 now, but uh, at at the time it was the most powerful gaming hardware available. Uh, so it's nice to hopefully see that Nintendo's going back to that and understanding that while you don't have to be at the very top, uh, as as was the case with the PS2, obviously you do need to have the capability of, of having third-party support. I, I think they they must have realized that they got lucky with the Wii. Uh, in, for some reason, I really don't know why the Wii was so successful. I would like to read something on what the hell happened there and why the Wii U is just getting 
panned across the board. Although, one could say that all three of the consoles are, but I'll ramble on again if I get into that. But, the basic idea is that uh, the NX will be a replacement for not just the Wii U, but the entire everything that is Nintendo. Uh, from the way that they've been restructuring everything since the death of Iwata, uh, not to say that Iwata didn't want to have this happen, but it seems like uh, with the way that they're restructuring everything, this is them trying to move things forward after his death into something that was more modern than what he was necessarily ready for. That's what it seems like to me, at least. Uh, but yeah, the, the 3DS has needed to go for quite some time. And next year would have been the time for the 3DS to get replaced entirely. Uh, the new 3DS is fine and all, but it's the same as the DS to the DSi. There wasn't, There isn't enough there to warrant keeping it around for another two years without a replacement handheld. Uh, the new 3DS is going to be a nice in-between for the people that are just getting into the platform. Uh, but, yeah, we, we need we need a 4DS, <laughs> uh, however you want to put it. And the NX is probably going to be it, along with the Wii U 2. <laughs> All right, so I spent a good uh, 10 minutes talking about that. Uh, I'll try to be a little more, a little more succinct with the rest of this but that was the that was the big thing this week uh which i think that came out just uh friday yeah uh i think those are the big that was a big thing to talk about was that it looks like e3 next year we're going to be seeing uh, some very big news about the nx from nintendo uh next up is a little uh less of a of i guess exciting thing and actually kind of uh well funnily enough uh depressing thing uh pre-orders are actually driving more sadness among gamers than anticipation uh adobe is a very strange company in that they uh they're kind of like a mini google in some ways they have all sorts of of weird tendrils reaching into various places and apparently they run uh like consumer studies uh, I didn't know that this was a thing, but Adobe Digital Index uh, did a uh, did a U.S. Gaming Trends 2015 report. Uh, it's based on <clears throat> sorry, based on aggregated and anonymous data of billions of website visits and more than 20 million quote engagements on a variety of social media platforms. Uh, I guess engagements being like likes or or comments, maybe. So, basically, uh, it this this report shows the emotions attached to pre-orders. And very interesting thing here. Uh, fear was the lowest at one percent. Then we had anger, which uh, I can get that. Um, surprise at 9%. Disgust at 16%. And 
admiration, whatever the hell that means, at 18%. Joy at 18%, again. And the number one emotion was sadness at 33%. Now, what I think a lot of publishers would prefer to have would be uh, some combination of joy, uh, maybe surprise, uh, and anticipation. And anticipation accounted for 2% of reactions to pre-orders. Now, this doesn't really describe what exactly it means by reaction to pre-orders. Looks here, it says emotions expressed on social networks about pre-order campaigns. So I guess this isn't the actual process of pre-ordering. It's the, uh, the just people responding to pre-order advertising campaigns. Which, this is kind of funny because recently the Deus Ex uh, sequel uh, pre-order campaign came out. And people were fucking pissed about it. Because it was a bunch of bullshit. Uh, basically... They had to have you had to have so many people pre-order the game, or else everyone missed out on content. Like it was, it was. I don't know. I don't know what to call it other than it's just bullshit. Uh, it's taking advantage of consumers, is what it is. Uh, so, I'm I'm glad really that this study has come out because I hate pre-order benefits. You know, I don't mind the idea of pre-ordering in and of itself, but whenever you give special benefits to people who buy your game early, uh, things, you know, other than, I, I kind of understand things like like getting the game maybe a week early uh, for, for competitive games, I think that's bullshit, but if it's a story-driven game like Deus Ex, uh, like I, I think the new Mass Effect got announced recently. I'm sure that they'll have a pre-order campaign for that because EA uh, stuff like that. You know, when it's a, when it's a mainly single-player experience, that's fine. Um, but a lot of these pre-order things where it's like get an exclusive weapon in Call of Duty or uh, shit like that. It's bullshit because it's basically saying, "Oh, what you don't have the money right now? Well, fuck you." You know, and it's it's not fair to your consumers and it's manipulative and i uh i think it it says something that gaming is the only industry where that's really seen as as a thing at all like when when's the last time you saw a movie uh, going on where it's like buy your tickets on fandango now and see the movie a week early like that doesn't happen and it wouldn't work uh, i don't know why gaming is the only medium wherein that is one acceptable and two even a thing but you know it's uh i'm, I'm hoping with all these studies and and really just uh word of mouth spreading that that yeah, everyone's trying to go against pre-ordering i'm hoping that eventually at least the stupid bullshit bonuses will stop being a thing uh moving on then um this is uh this uh, the, the these other two stories here are kind of a just mishmash of things because i just 
kind of found it. Uh, well, I found, I found one of them interesting. Let's let's see. I didn't even I didn't even read this story. I just like the headline because Ubisoft bought some company called Longtail Studios, and there was a picture of a guitar on on it. So I'm I'm assuming it's something to do with Rocksmith. So uh, oh yeah, um, so they bought Longtail Studios, and they're the developer that actually made the Rocksmith 2014. Uh, apparently they also worked with Ubisoft on Sports Connection for the Wii U, which no one cares, and uh, Dance on Broadway, whatever the fuck that was. Uh, and it looks like they're reusing Longtail to develop AAA, this is quote, AAA games for mobile. Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, so I guess my feelings on this are that... Uh, why are you using the guys that made probably the best music game uh, in years? Uh, you know, up until obviously Rock Band 4 has come out. Why are you using these guys to make shitty fucking mobile games? Like, I don't care how pretty or, or how much money you put into them. They're still mobile games. They're still hampered. Uh, they're still hindered by the platform. And you're not going to convince me that mobile is just not a good platform for most games uh this greatly bothers me because i was really hoping for a rocksmith 2015 or what have you and i guess we're not gonna get it so that's a sad time uh not really a whole lot else to say about this since i don't think anybody even knew that Longtail studios existed before this uh came out on games industry but yeah, I'm I'm not too happy about that because it probably means that Rocksmith is dead as a as a franchise. So that sucks. Speaking of which, um, Guitar Hero comes out soon, and uh, I I I intend on, but we know how that goes. Uh, doing something comparing it to Rock Band Four because even though they're games that really shouldn't be compared, I'm sure it'll. Uh, you know, be something that people want to want to look at. They're very different games, though. I'll just say that now. Uh, something interesting here is that Zynga, a company that I honestly thought had gone under by now, has released uh, some program called uh, Sponsored Play, and they are gamified ads, which is interesting because... They're fucking Zynga, who made... I, I think they're the ones that made Farmville. And, I mean, what is Farmville if not just a big gamified ad for microtransactions? As are many mobile games. So, basically, this program is... Well, what, it, what, it, what I said. It's gamified ads. Now, the example they give here is a match three game uh where you combine these uh these various vegetables with a bottle of <laughs> hidden valley ranch dressing to create a combo within three moves that makes a ranch chicken pizza i don't know how you manage to make a pizza without a ranch chicken pizza without any vegetable or without any meat but whatever uh, i think this is a neat idea Honestly, I hate ads um, in general. Uh, 
but you know if if something like this could come in on say uh mobile youtube or or even mobile games you know instead of uh because with a, with a lot of free-to-play mobile games the way that you either get through the game or or get the you know the premium currencies or whatever uh the, the way you get you you get these things are you watch an ad and what does everybody do whenever you have to hit a button to watch an ad you hit the button put the phone on on the table and then do something else for the minute or or so so this is a neat idea to basically incorporate what you're doing anyway which is wasting your goddamn time on a stupid mobile game uh it's incorporating that into an advertisement and i don't think this is a neat idea from the consumer's perspective uh, obviously but from a a uh, developer's standpoint this is kind of nice uh, admittedly, I don't know what kind of games that we're planning on putting into these things other than like match three games. And I'm also hoping that, you know, it's not going to get retarded where you got to solve some kind of fucking Rubik's cube just to get back to your stupid Farmville game. But it, this is a neat idea. And while Zynga can go fuck themselves as a company, uh, this is kind of a, at least something innovative, and that's not something we see very often out of the mobile game space, regardless of what places like Kotaku would like to tell you. Uh, last couple things uh, are related to Star Citizen, because for some reason recently we've just loved bashing on Star Citizen, the poor company. Uh, uh, what is it? Cloud Imperium Games? Yeah. So... Uh, these two stories kind of go hand in hand. Uh, first one, really it's all about the, uh, the headline for this one. Uh, Star Citizen had more crowdfunding in 2014 than every single gaming Kickstarter combined together that year. Uh, so they ended up getting $33 million last year compared to $20 million for every single fucking game on Kickstarter. Uh, $13 million uh, difference. It's, it, it's ridiculous. It's insane. Um, I, I can't believe how stupid this is. Uh... So they actually have the numbers here. Um, so we've got uh, funded video games projects on Kickstarter versus Star Citizen crowdfunding. Um, so to put it into perspective, uh, in 2012, uh, Kickstarter games earned about $39 million uh, compared to Star Citizen making about $5 million. Sorry. In uh, 2013, you had about 48 million on Kickstarter versus 30 and a half million for Star Citizen. And then in 2014, there's this weird shift wherein Kickstarter earned 20 million and Star Citizen earned the uh, 30, well, it says 32 million, but it's, it's well, 33 million. It's 32,939,000. And now, as of October 1st, 
Kickstarter's back up at uh, 33 million, with Star Citizen getting uh, 21 million. So for some reason, Kickstarter kind of went down in terms of uh, how much money was being thrown at it last year. I don't know what kind of weird anomaly uh, caused that. Uh, somebody in the comments is saying that it's just because Star Citizen had an ass load of marketing going on last year. But I also want to point out that the Kickstarter totals are for all games on Kickstarters. All of them. And that's... It, it, it's stupid that Star Citizen's numbers are even comparable to that of probably hundreds of games uh, that were attempted to be kickstarted. Now, of course, most people would realize that a lot of game games that are uh, put on Kickstarter are not even touched. Uh, they won't even get more than $10 in donations, and chances are those $10 were either donated by one person, the one who posted the Kickstarter in the first place, or two people who are friends with the person that launched the Kickstarter. So, but but just considering that maybe there are 100 games that were funded on Kickstarter, the idea that they can get, that those combined get, you know, just just a bit more in terms of the numbers that we're looking at than Star Citizen, one fucking game. It it honestly kind of disgusts me in a way. And not because I dislike the idea of Star Citizen or even, even dislike the company itself, but rather that Star Citizen has had so long to get going and they are still not, they haven't put much of anything out at all in terms of actually playable anything. Uh, you've still got the dogfighting sim, but everything else they just seem to kind of be delaying or saying, here we've made marginal progress this week. Uh, it's not like like Rust, for example, which has a dev blog every week or so, uh, putting out that yeah we've we've added some new skins or or uh, here's some textures for a new gun. Look, the physics are better. That makes sense because Rust is running on probably one uh, fiftieth of the uh, funding that Star Citizen's running on. So that uh, leads us into the next article, which so which shows where all of Star Citizen's fucking money is going. Finally, uh, it's going into fucking celebrity casting, because that's what you give a shit about in your goddamn space sim, right? The fucking celebrities that are playing these random ass characters that no one gives a shit about. I at least in fucking uh, Elite Dangerous, they kept the focus on the gameplay itself. Instead of, of fucking putting in all these extravagant cutscenes or, or window dressing and what have you, they put in the basic fucking space simulation game. And that is good enough. More than good enough. Because it's a fun game if you like that kind of shit. And finding out that Star Citizen has been spending all of this fucking money not on more devs and shit like that, uh, you know, more staff to, to push this shit forward faster. No, they're giving it to fucking Gary Oldman and whoever the fuck Andy Serkis is. Uh, Mark Hamill 
is going to be in this fucking game. Like, fine. You know, that's cool. Oh, that's who Andy Serkis is. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. So, in the case that anybody doesn't know who these actors are, I'm going to go ahead and Google them real quick. Get a list of uh, names, or get, get a list of films that they've been in. And more than likely, you'll know. And I'll I'll hope that Nathan either listens to this or fucking, I don't know, something. So, we've got Andy Serkis, uh, whose notable films include uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, fucking Lord of the Rings. Um, let's see. Who was he in? Uh... Oh, he was fucking Gollum in The Hobbit. Uh, Trying to find something I've actually seen. Because I, I recognize his face. But that's really all. Okay, well. Look, there's just... Okay, he's always been Gollum. He's always been the voice of Gollum. So, there, there's that guy. Gary Oldman. Fucking... Gary Oldman, you know, he's only fucking in all the fucking Batman movies. He was in fucking 2014's RoboCop. Uh, he was fucking serious black in fucking Harry Potter and shit. Like, okay. All right, then. Fucking uh, Jillian Anderson. I recognize her face. I don't know what she's been in. Uh, she was. Oh, shit. Wait, what? Oh shit. She's a fucking Yeah, she's fucking Skelly. That's what Skelly looks like without being in fucking character. I didn't know that. I'd never seen her without without the fucking Skelly makeup and shit on. Huh, she looks completely different without that. So anyway, uh there you go, fucking Skelly from the X-Files and then fucking Mark Hamill. Like, if you don't know who Mark Hamill is, why are you listening to Nathan's podcast? Like, he's he's fucking the Joker, for one. And he's also in fucking Star Wars. Like, fuck. Yeah, obviously they picked all these characters because... Or all these actors. Because they appeal to the demographic that Star Citizen is trying to... To appeal to. But... Why? Why would you waste so much money? God, that pisses me off. So, uh, there you go. That's, uh, that's pretty much all I've got to talk about this week. Um, I have one other thing that I would like to mention. I don't think we've ever done anything like this. I think Nathan did it for a friend of his once. Um, I don't personally know these people, but I, uh, I got an email today that was talking about this film. Uh, it's trying to go for a national theatrical release. And I'm usually not a, uh, I'm not big into movies, but the the idea behind this movie is so good and so like 
I, I really want to know where it's going that I am going to endorse it on this podcast because I want this to get a theatrical release. I really do. Uh, because this is an independent film that looks like it's well acted, well thought out, and actually like it does it, it should be in theaters, but it it wouldn't be without things like Indiegogo. So uh this is called uh He Never Died. And uh if you go on Indiegogo, I think you can search for it. Um I will uh I will try to remember to have Nathan link it in the description whenever he posts this, but it is a movie that looks kind of like it's going to go uh, a similar route. Uh, if you've ever watched Unbreakable, where the whole movie is about a guy realizing he's a superhero. Um, this is a movie about a guy realizing it, it seems that he is a zombie. Uh, but it's a little deeper than that because in the in the trailer he talk he talks about the fact that he is in the Bible. He doesn't know how old he is. He finds out he has a daughter that he never knew existed, and he cannot die. And he he also has this weird thing where he he has he's a cannibal. <laughs> he he has an insatiable desire to eat human flesh. Um, there's so much going on, uh, that I, I really want to know like where this is going. The trailer, there's a red band trailer, uh, in the, uh, Indiegogo video that, uh, blew me away. Like the, this, these kind of movies, these, these independent films that get shown at like South by Southwest and, uh, fucking the the other one like these are these are the kind of movies that i wish were in theaters more often because i would actually go to the movies uh such a just unique concept that i can't believe no one's ever done before uh shit like um was it uh was it john dies at the end was that the name of it it's a guy's name dies at the end i i don't know i i saw bits and pieces of that and that was fucking, that just looked fantastic. And I endorse that one all the same. Because I'm not, I'm not too much of a film guy, but I, I love original and, and creative stories like this. Uh, so just, just go at least watch the Red Band trailer and decide whether or not it's something you feel like putting your money into. Uh, but like, it looks absolutely fantastic. And the trailer is is cut well. Um, I know uh, there are a lot of modern movie trailers that, uh, particularly in comedy movies, of course, where they splice in lines that are obviously not part of that scene. And I don't see that happening in, in this Red Band trailer. So uh, everything that I saw in it looked genuinely, uh, in some cases, funny. Um, and in some cases, just really well acted and shit like that. So... Like, I, I just, I just want to put it out there that you should go watch this Red Band trailer because I know we're a games and sometimes tech, uh, podcast, but you know, it's, it's entertainment and I, uh, I'm always, always willing to endorse shit like this. So it's called, he never died. 
Um, look it up on Indiegogo and seriously, like give these guys 10 bucks or something or, or give them 20, then your name's in the credits. Or if you give them 25, you get the whole fucking movie. So seriously, like at least go check it out. Uh, I think that's all I have to talk about now. This actually went on a lot longer than I expected to mainly because I went off on a tangent with the whole Nintendo thing. Uh, Nathan, I believe will be back next week. So, uh, I guess it's all for me. Um, Nathan doesn't get any credit this week cause, uh, fuck him. Uh, go follow me on Twitter at, at Arua, A-R-O-A-H. And, uh, my YouTube channel is, uh, Aroa1337. Uh, it doesn't really fucking matter. Nobody cares. Um, I'm going to try to uh, start putting out more shit. But you know how that goes. If you, uh, <laughs> if you, if you hear any of Nathan's jabs against me for not ever writing uh, anything on the uh, Apple conference or presentation, you, you know all about that. Which, got a little something. Got a little something coming out for that later. Just so you know secret between me and you me and the uh, five people that actually listen to this shit so that is it for this week uh, i'll probably see you all next week uh talk to you then <laughs>